At church, thank you for coming in this morning. We're glad that you're here. We have an exciting uh, worship service set up for you. I was here during first service. It was great. If you want to attend a Connect class in person, there's one going on right now in the conference room. The lights are still low. Just gather up your stuff. You can sneak out. Nobody will know that you're leaving for that. Actually, we'd be happy to have you. If you've never attended a Connect class, please devote yourself to that. We want to get to know you better and learn you a little bit more about who we are. I said that in Lampasa Speak so you could understand it. Thank you for being here. we got a lot of things going on. Uh, tonight, there's no youth services because uh, of Labor Day weekend. So if your kids are telling you they're going to service, they're not. Uh, just keep track of them as best you can. This Wednesday night, we are having NCC kids. No, we're not because it's a homecoming parade. Homecoming parade. So, all right. You get to parent all week. Congratulations. Saturday morning, we're having our men's breakfast. Eight o'clock, show up. Yes. Eggs, gravy, biscuits, fellowship, uh, testimony, good time. Not sure who it's going to be yet, but it's going to be inspired, I'm sure. If, if Chris doesn't find somebody, it'll be him uh, who speaks on Saturday morning. Stand up with me as we get ready to enter into praise and worship. I want you to know that everything that's happening on the NCC is on the Church Center app, and it's also on our printed handout that's outside on the table. So if you don't do the internets and you don't like apps, it's on paper outside ready for you to look at. Put it on your refrigerator at home. Let's open up with prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. Lord, we're excited to be here. Lord, you have an inspired word for us. Lord, you, you are so good. Lord, we thank you for the rain that fell. And Lord, we're thanking you this morning for the rain that's to come. We know that you will bring it in due time and in just the amount that we need. So Father God, this morning, for those of us who have had rain and had a good time this week, Lord, we want to come and say thank you and praise you for the good things that are in our life. And Lord, for those of us who have had a week of it, that we've faced some trials, Lord, that we've tripped up a little bit. Lord, we want to come thanking you and asking you to be our strength and guide us into wholeness and in health. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Your love 
family. How are we today? So some of y'all know, some don't, but I'm in ministry myself and I get the privilege a lot of times to baptize high school students. But this morning's a little sweeter for me because it's actually one of my own daughters that I get to baptize this morning. So Kitty, come on down. This is Kendi Leach. Kendi, have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Buried with him in baptism. Rise to walk in his life. Got a chew for this morning. Today, this morning, I have the opportunity of baptizing Hannah Rogers. Hannah is an amazing young woman. She loves Jesus, and I could not be happier for her. Hannah, is Jesus Christ your Savior? Yes. Okay. Then, it is my privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Buried with him in baptism. Raised to walk in a new life. Well, it's awesome for us to be able to get to participate with that. I also just realized how tall Hannah is standing next to him. You know, man, they're, they're growing so fast and growing in the Lord. Praise him. Well, welcome if you're joining us online and if you're uh, joining us for worship this morning. We're so thankful that you're with us. If you're a guest, welcome. As Mike mentioned earlier, we're actually starting a new Connect class this morning. And that's just a class if you would like to become part of New Covenant or learn about becoming a member of the church, you can join that class. It'll be going on the next three weeks in our conference room during this service. And you don't have to miss the service. You could attend the first service and, and then go to that. And you can also uh, watch the class that's going on this morning on our website online. So uh, you can avail yourself of that if you like to attend the rest of the ones in person. Also just want to uh, let you know uh, today is the launch of our NCC Kids Ministry and Early Childhood Ministry in our first service. So going forward, uh, both of those ministries will be available to both services. If you would like to go to that service or find yourself uh, not being able to come to this service, know that we've got the full children's ministry available in that service now as well. And we also, uh, every Sunday, have overflow parking available at the Golden Chick. Um, if you've never parked back over there, if you don't have kids to drop off, 
off at NCC West. That's actually a closer parking lot. You're right here and can come in these side doors. So if you're ever having trouble finding a space, always remember that's available. Well, last Sunday, if you were with us, you know that we had guest speaker and pastor uh, Joel T. Meyer. He always does a fantastic job when he's with us, and he uh, no last week was no exception. Uh, he preached a word on the Word of God, on Jesus Christ, but also uh, the authenticity, the reliability of God's Word, and it is absolutely true. And this morning, I just wanted to remind you that the Word of God is one of NCC's five core values. The Word of God is paramount. It's of the utmost importance. Uh, it, will, it will never perish. It will never go away. And one of the reasons that is is because, as Pastor Joel uh, reminded us last week, Jesus Christ is the living Word of God. He's going to exist forever and ever and ever. So not one word in this uh, word of God is going to pass away. And we can count on that. And at NCC, our heart is that we will never lose sight of that fact. But even if we do, it doesn't change the word of God. It doesn't matter if we agree with it or not. It's true. It doesn't matter what we think about it. It's true. If I come to the Word of God and I don't line up with it, I'm wrong every single time. And that, that will always be the case. And this is going to tie into this morning's message. It may not seem like it right now. You see the title. Uh, we're going to be starting a series this morning called Relationship Reveal. God reveals Himself to us. He's done it countless different ways through His Word. Many months back, uh, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about this topic, and I knew it would be coming up in a series, and I actually thought that it would be at least a five- or six-week series because there's so many ways that God has revealed Himself to us in Scripture. And doing five or six weeks would barely uh, be scratching the surface of that topic. And so uh, I really thought it was going to be a longer, longer series. But then I felt like God said, no, you need to do a three-week series. We're going to look at three of the less known ways in Scripture that God's revealed himself to us. And the reason for that, and the reason I believe he said for us to do it this way, is because I believe he wants you to go to his word and you study his word for the other ways that he has revealed himself in Scripture, specifically the way that the Holy Spirit would speak to you, that he is revealing himself to you in the season that you find yourself in. God is a complex being, far beyond what we can imagine. We're going to look at a Scripture here in just a moment of him being far beyond our thoughts and his ways being far beyond our ways. He's beyond our comprehension. And we as human beings are actually beyond each other's comprehension. Any husband can attest to that fact, right? <laughs> Any husband willing to admit, have you comprehended your wife yet? No. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a friend. And those are just a couple characteristics of who I am and the way that I relate to different people in my life and not one of those and and even my wife Candy does not know the fullness of who I am and I can take it one step further I don't know who I am I don't know the fullness of me I can lie to myself I can deceive myself I can be blind to myself how do we think we could know everything there is to know about God, the creator of the heavens and the universe? There's, there's scriptures that, that we don't have time to look at it this morning, but there's scriptures in the word that, that show that God has so many characteristics that even the angels and creations in heaven are constantly exclaiming to the new revelation they've just seen of God. That literally when we're in heaven for all eternity we'll continue to be blown away by aspects of God that we had never seen before. And so he has to dumb it down, honestly. There's a, a Dallas Willard, a theologian, he said uh, that God in his grace and mercy condescends to us. 
And that sounds like a negative thing, but all that condescends means is to bring it down to your level. And the way that God brings himself down to our level is through metaphors. And he does it over and over and over throughout Scripture. And a metaphor, if you don't know what that is, is a figure of speech in which a word or phrase that ordinarily designates one thing is used to designate another, thus making an implicit comparison. We were singing about them over and over in the songs this morning. God's a father. We know what a father is. So God says, well, in a way, in a glimpse, I'm like a father. I, I don't remember all the words. I think maybe a shepherd, the lion, the lamb. You know, there was, there was multiple things. And if you, if you are new to the faith or just visiting and don't know a lot about Christianity and you see these words that are on the screen in worship and you're like, what are we singing about lions and lambs? And, and I don't even know what any of this means. They're metaphors that God has used in his word to say this is a glimpse. This is a way that you can relate to me, that you can get a glimpse of part of my character. But it's a small piece. It's a small part. We can never get that whole comprehension. And that scripture I referenced just a minute ago, uh, it's Isaiah 55, 9. It says, and this was God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He said, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So does that mean that God cannot be found by us? That we can't understand him? That we can't have a relationship with him? Absolutely not. Because he's made a way. He made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. And over and over and over through his word, he has revealed himself to us because he wants a relationship with us. And we can find him. We can find him. And I think that's a specific word for some of you here this morning that you need to hear personalized. That God is not hiding from you. He can be found. You can find Him if you seek Him. And how do I know that? It's in His Word. He's told us in His Word. Jeremiah 29.13, God proclaimed through the prophet Jeremiah, you will seek Me and find Me when you seek Me with all your heart. God promises us we will find him when we seek him with our whole heart. And that word heart there is very comprehensive. It refers to the whole self, to the inner man, to the mind, to the will, to the heart, to the soul, and to our understanding. If we will seek him with everything that we are, God says, I will be found by you. He's not hiding. To the contrary, he is revealing himself over and over and over and over in way after way after way after way that one of those, in one of those, you might make the connection and realize God's trying to have a relationship with me. God wants to know me. God wants to reveal himself to me. Not only does he want to, he has. All we have to do is look and seek How do we know he's revealed himself to us? He's told us in his word. Psalm 19, 1 through 2 says that God's revealed himself in creation. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. The sun was pouring out speech to you this morning. When it rose, the sky and the clouds are pouring out that there's a God that created it and He wants to know you. All you have to do is look up and look around and you'll see God revealing Himself to you in what He's done. In Romans 1, 18-20, the Apostle Paul proclaims, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. 
For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. No one will be able to have an excuse for not seeking God, for rejecting Him, Because when it comes down to the end, every man and every woman has received enough revelation of God to know that He is real. To know that He is seeking after them. To know that literally all of the heavens are proclaiming His name every moment of every day. They just chose and choose to ignore it. He's revealed Himself in His Word. Jesus Christ said in John 5.39, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about Me. Jesus is telling the Jews that they're lifting the law, of, the law above God Himself. And it's God's Word that bears witness to and reveals Jesus Christ, the living Word of God. In Luke 24, 27, on the road to Emmaus, this happens after Jesus' resurrection. Jesus Christ makes this point even clearer. In verse 27, he says, and it says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The whole word of God is pointing to Jesus Christ. How could it be any other way? The Apostle John wrote that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that Word is Jesus Christ Himself. And then just a few verses later, in 44 and 47, in this same conversation, Jesus says these words, These are My words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about Me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Jesus is saying here that the 300 plus prophecies that Pastor Joel referred to last Sunday, every single one of them regarding Him was fulfilled. Everything in the law, everything in the prophets that spoke about me, Jesus said, was fulfilled. This morning we're going to look at, I mentioned, a less, less known about way that God revealed himself in a metaphor. It's found in just two places in scripture, in Matthew and Luke. Uh, they're both referring to the same account. Um, and it's Jesus referring to himself or God as a mother hen as a chicken with her chicks. So let's look at this passage. And this occurs, uh, just to put it in the timeline of events, this occurs right after the triumphal entry where Jesus Christ rode on the back of a colt, which was a fulfillment of one of those 300 plus prophecies that he was who he said he was, that he was the Son of God, that he was the Christ. And it occurs just before or just days before he would be arrested and crucified. So knowing all this, knowing what was coming, knowing where he stood in time, these are the words that Jesus shares at this moment. Verses 37 through 39. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So God is revealing an aspect, or I should say aspects of himself in this passage through this metaphor of a chicken with her chicks. And we're going to look at um, three of those. I've read more about chickens in the last week than I probably have in my whole life. Um, And something as simple as this metaphor is more than we could cover in multiple weeks. We're going to look at three things. That's not all the ways that we can get a glimpse of who God is in this relationship that he's trying to show part of himself to us. I said, we're going to look at three, but by no means is that comprehensive, even of this simple example. 
So the three ways that we're going to look at are that he is a gatherer, he's a protector, and he's willing to lay down his life for us. The first thing we're going to look at is a gatherer. Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often I would have gathered you. How often I wanted to gather you, but you were not willing. Jesus has literally pleaded with the children of Israel for the past three years of his ministry and is about to be arrested and crucified. And he's pleaded with them to come to him, to gather them, to save them, to redeem them. He's called them to repentance and to the Father. But they've rejected him. He's speaking prophetically here, not only of, what, uh, of what's to come. He says, the Father's tried over and over and over and over and over and over. You've killed the messenger. Not only have you not received the word, but you've killed the messenger. And prophetically, he knows you're going to kill me too. History is going to repeat itself. Over and over, God has sent the messenger, messengers to gather his children to him under his wings. And now he has sent his own son, God in flesh, the word made manifest in flesh, to gather his children together. And they're going to kill him too. If you've studied the word of God, you know that Jesus shared a parable exactly on this topic. He told of a man who owned a vineyard and he'd leased it out to servants and they were taking care of it and he lived in another land and it was time for the harvest and time for their payment. So he sent servants to go get that, his portion of the harvest. And the word says, or, or the parable that Jesus told is, is they beat them and sent them back with nothing. And so he sent more. And the same thing happened, and he sent more, and the same thing happened. And then it says, or Jesus said, he said to himself, I will send my son, because they'll respect my son. So he sends his son, and they kill his son. It says they said to themselves, or Jesus said, they said to themselves, if we kill him, it's ours. We'll take out the heir. And Jesus asked those that he's telling the parable to them, is what would happen now? And they said, he's going to come and kill those sorry people, those sorry servants. But that's where the, the accounts deviate, the parable, and what God was to do. Because yes, he sent his son. And yes, we would kill his son. But he did it to redeem us. He did it to save us. And what the enemy thought was going to be a victory was his defeat. And even after we killed his son, God is opening his wings and saying, come. Come to me. Come to me. I'm still calling. Come to me. You've killed the other messengers. You've killed my son. I still love you. He knew what was going to happen. He died for you. Come. Come under my wings. Come, let me gather you. I'm still willing. Are you willing? The relentless, loving heart of Jesus Christ ached to gather the people of Israel, the Jewish people, to Him. But they were unwilling. Have you ever loved somebody that you couldn't protect? A friend, a daughter, a son, a brother, a sister. I know there's many of us here this morning that can think of probably multiple people, multiple relationships in our life that if we could protect them, we would. And we have longed to, but they weren't. Willing. If you've experienced that in your life, you've gotten a glimpse, a glimpse of the heartache 
that Jesus Christ and the Father have gone through over and over and over and over and over and over and over. They have been willing to say, I'm still here. Just come to me. Will you be willing to come to me? Will you be willing to allow me to gather you? Will you be willing to allow me to protect you? Jesus' lament, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered you and your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. So they, a mother hen even has a, a cluck, I guess you'd say, that she can make a sound that the kids know, the chicks know. That means we're supposed to get to mom. Something's not right. She wants us. Mom's calling. And they'll run to her. God calls us. But we have to hear his voice and respond. Isaiah 50 verse 2. God says through the prophet Isaiah, Why? Why when I came was there no man? Why, when I called, was there no one to answer? Is my hand shortened that it cannot redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? God's saying, I'm calling, but nobody comes. Why? And then he asks a couple rhetorical questions. Is it because my hand is short that I can no longer redeem? Is it because I don't have the power to deliver? No, he still has the power to redeem and the power to deliver, but they weren't willing to come. God is a gatherer. But so often when he calls, we don't come. God is saying, this is who I am. Will you relate to me? To the aspect of my character that meets your current need. All you have to do is come to me. This is why you've got to study the Word of God for yourself. Like I said, we're going to cover three of these aspects. There's Hundreds, if not thousands of ways that God has revealed himself to us in Scripture. And you are in a season in your life today that you need to relate with him, that you need revelation of him in a very specific way. I think there's times in our life that, that, or a season where God may be speaking to us and we're finding that revelation in Him and maybe we try to share that with a friend or a spouse or co-worker or some, someone and they just don't get it. It's revelation to us. It's life-changing to us, but they don't get it. Well, guess what? Most likely they're in a different season. If I need a friend today, it's not going to help me to be around my father. If I need somebody to, to, to save me from drowning, I need a lifeguard. There are certain aspects that we need to relate to God at different times. And the beautiful thing about God is He knows exactly how you need Him to relate to you. And that's the way He's revealing Himself to you. But the only way that you're going to experience that or find that is if you seek Him with your whole heart. If you come to Him and He promises you, if you do, you will find Him. You will see Him for who He is in the circumstance and the situation that you need Him to be in. On the website, there's, there's going to be a, a list of maybe 30 to 40 of these different ways that God's revealed Himself in Scripture. You can pull up the notes on our website just to give you an example of one that maybe you'll see. This is where I feel like the Holy Spirit speaking to me, that God is revealing Himself to me. And if you find that, then go to His Word and study it yourself. 
Ask Him to reveal Himself to you through that metaphor, through that revelation of His character to you in the situation that you find yourself today. One of the primary reasons that He wants to gather us is to protect us. You... (laughs) When you think of protection, does the chicken come to mind? If you're saying, man, I need some protection right now. Where's the chickens? It's not. They came. (laughs) Those were willing. So I found out something interesting as I started researching this. The the first time that I came, I really really thought that this was going to be a revelation of Jesus being willing to sacrifice himself, to give his life for us, to save us, and that the chicken would die with the predator and save her chicks. And that's true. A chicken will give her life for her chicks, and that that has happened many times. But the interesting thing is I started to search for that. I really couldn't find any stories about that. What I found was chickens saving their chicks from insurmountable odds over and over and over. They become very protective. There was a, an account of a, of a chicken who killed a hawk, protecting her chicks. There was many accounts of a chicken standing in the way of a very large dog and her chicks. And those dogs absolutely could have killed the chicken and gotten those chicks, if they had have had as much uh, fortitude and determination as that chicken did, she had a much bigger reason to be in that fight than that dog did. And the dog backed down over and over and over in those circumstances. There's even a video that you can look up of a chicken in India who protected her chicks from a king cobra. And it shows, and you know, we're talking about the chicks coming when called. But one of the things that it said when I was researching it is when a predator comes between the chicken and the the chicks, they can become paralyzed by the threat and they won't come to the mother. And that was what happened in this case. She goes on the other side and had protected them for a minute and a lot of the chicks followed her and came with her, but a few stayed behind. She went back and continued to fight that cobra until and another one or two came till there was one left she went back for the one and saved every single one of those chicks from a cobra and I you you can't tell she may have given her life because she might have got bit I don't know but she saved all of her chicks and I think that aspect in this this metaphor that God is revealing his character to us even in this this example He's saying, I will protect you. I will lay my life down. And he did through Jesus Christ sacrificially give up his life. But he will also protect us like a mother protects her children with everything he has if we're willing, if we'll participate, if we'll come. Jesus was often turning things upside down. He said the first were going to be last, the last would be first. And obviously coming up with a a chicken example doesn't make too much sense, but he had a reason. And his heart was to gather them over and over and over. But over and over and over, his children have refused to come. He says, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you're not willing. There's too many examples in Scripture of the children of Israel and of God's people not being willing. There's too many examples in my own life of me running away and doing my own thing and not being willing. we got to stop running away. we got to stop not hearing His voice and responding. He's still willing. He's still opening His arms, His wings wide, saying, will you come to Me? And all that we have to do is be willing. We're going to close with
two passages of what it looks like when we come under his wings. As I mentioned, the two passages in Matthew and Luke are the only ones that specifically refer to him as a hen, but there's other passages that refer to him as an eagle and, and many times of his protective wings. And so these aren't necessarily talking about chicken wings, but they are talking about his protective wings. So the first one is found in Ruth chapter 2, verse 12. And Ruth had stuck with her mother-in-law, Naomi, after both of their husbands had perished. And, it, and this is uh, her new husband, uh, Ruth, going to be husband, speaking to her. He said, The Lord repay you for what you've done, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. She had a whole book of the Bible. She'll be remembered forever in the word of God because she was willing to take refuge the way that the Lord said. She could have gone back home to her own family, done it her own way, but she came to the Lord and took refuge under his wings and he was faithful. In Psalm 57, 1, we read, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, for in you my soul takes refuge in the shadow of your wings. I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. God's wings are a place of refuge if we will allow him to be. You know, one, he revealed himself another way in worship. As we were, as we were saying, I just want to reference it really quickly in Hosea, because I've, I've been saying that we have to come to him. The truth is we really just have to be willing. Because Hosea is an example. God told the prophet Hosea to go marry a prostitute and to have children with her. And his wife that he redeemed from prostitution goes back to prostitution. And God says, go get her again. Bring her home. And he redeems her and he brings her home he has another child with her and she leaves again and goes back to prostitution and God says go get her again she wasn't willing to stay but God was saying my heart is still willing to redeem he will come get you but he's not going to hold you down that's how white his character is after the first service he's like no I will come after you too but you still have to be willing. You have to be willing to come or you have to be willing to stay. As we close in prayer this morning, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What aspect of the character of God do I need to to be revealed to me today in this situation, in this moment, in this time of my life? How is God revealing himself to me? And let the Holy Spirit give you that revelation. And when he does, go to his word and seek out more understanding in the passages in the word of God where he has revealed himself in that manner and let him reveal to you who he is in this situation. Because... A lot of times we think we know who we need and we don't. You may think you know the character of God that you need right now, but you don't. You may think that you need a deliverer right now. You're in a situation, you're in circumstances where you're saying, God, get me out of this. I can't do this anymore. I need you to be my deliverer. And God's saying, no, you're not going to be delivered. I'm your sustainer right now. I will sustain you in the circumstances. I will sustain you in this situation. I will sustain you. Don't presume to know who you need him to be. You may think you need a teacher. If I just knew enough, then I'd do it all right. And God says, no, you don't need a teacher. You need a redeemer. I will redeem you in this season of your life. Ask the Holy Spirit for who God is revealing himself to you, the character that you need to know, and then seek him and his word for that revelation. 
bow your head with me as the ministry teams come forward. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the written word that you revealed to us through over thousands of years and hundreds of prophets, Lord. Uh, We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true, that we can rely on it, that that it's absolutely true. Father, but even more so, we thank you that every word of it points to the living word, Jesus Christ. Father, and I thank you that you want us to find you. You're revealing yourself to us through creation. You've revealed yourself to us in your word. And you're revealing yourself to us over and over and over in just the way that we need, Father. But I pray that this morning, that this people, that your people, the body of Christ in Lampasas and Texas and the United States and throughout the nations, Father, that your people, the body of Christ, will come under your wings. Lord, that we would be willing. Holy Spirit, reveal the truth of God to us. Speak a word to each heart that's here today of the the characteristic of God, the one characteristic that they can comprehend in this moment that they need revelation. Father, we come to you and only you because there is nowhere else to go. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. As you stand to worship, I pray that you will respond. Respond with the ministry teams. You can come to the front and pray. You can respond where you sit. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the truth of who God is to you in your season today. Gathered at the highest throne Welcomed by a melody An anthem I have always known A song that's always been in me All glory and honor dominion and power to you a million angels fall face down on the floor all to echo holy is the Lord my heart can't help but sing with all of heaven roar for Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us over and over and over, Lord. And no matter how many times we've been been unwilling, even how many times your children has killed those whom you sent, Father, your heart's still willing. Father, we thank you that you've revealed yourself in your Son, Jesus Christ. 
Father, you've revealed yourself as king, as father, as master, as shepherd, savior, redeemer, potter, teacher, the way, the head. Lord, and the list just goes on and on and on and on. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us, each of us, this morning, Lord, the revelation of you that we could exclaim again and again, Father God, with just awe and wonder at the revelation of who you are, your majesty, the un, that we can't even comprehend, Lord, your ways and your thoughts, but that you reveal yourself to us anyway in ways that we can understand. Lord, we give all glory and honor and praise to you and you alone. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. The ministry teams will still be available. The front's still open if you would like to pray. We are so glad that you were with us this morning. And I just encourage you to dig into the Word of God in the way that He reveals Himself. He will reveal Himself to you through His Word. Seek Him in His Word. God bless you and have a great day.